Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. It's funny. So I'm still sitting here with Ken. We're wrapping I'm up the week. Still here. Ken, <laughs> Ken didn't bail. I'm asking him all kinds of questions and marriage, life, upside down. We've been to Northland with him. We've been to Denver with him. We've been all over with him. We've been to Greenville with him. And uh, Ken's a member of a great church here in town that has great integrity when it comes to supporting missionaries. And uh, uh, they they do a really good job at picking missionaries. They, <laughs> they actually took me on for support. I was telling Ken, first church in a long while to do uh, that. We were so amen, thankful man. for that. And and some of you individuals who support us and churches that support us out there, we love you guys. You guys mm. make a big difference. And so, Ken, you know, we were thinking, all joking aside, we came up with this subject of church. It's just so important. And there's so many people going through stuff. So we're going to be talking about things with the local church here in a minute and in the church and God's church. And so we got some verses. We got some songs for you. But when we come to Friday... You know, we're just a couple of days from church. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that. Ken's got some good ideas here to talk to you about with that. And uh, I come across this verse all the time in Romans chapter 12. I love Romans chapter 12. I did memorize that chapter. I don't have most of it anymore. But so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members to one another. And I see that verse, you know, in, in, in my church. We all member to one another. You know, we have those people who do the music, who lead the music, those people who lead our missions agency, those people who uh, pastor, those people who teach, those people who encourage. Exhortation is so big, Brother Ken. I mean, to encourage people and exhort them. And to say, like you were talking about brass and that that man saying, what a good sound you had. I mean, (laughs) I could feel that when you said that. I like telling people, you know, when, when I'm proud of somebody, I tell them. I don't hold it back. Mm. I say, I'm proud of you. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're doing this. I, I want to be that guy. That's one thing that the army helped me a lot with is I want to be the person that recognizes virtue and honesty mm. and godliness and, uh, and hard work and love. I, I want to be that person. I want to tell people I love them. I, I want to tell people I'm proud of them. I want to be that guy. And, and church is a place where all that takes place. Yeah. Church, you know, it's a living thing, man. It's, yeah, it's right, alive. Right. Yeah. And so when you think of that word church, Ken, and what's coming to your mind? So I, when I think of church, I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking of two things. I'm thinking of what you just read, the body, the yeah. body, you know, and how we're interconnected as members. But then I'm also thinking about an example of growing up. I went to, when we moved to Wisconsin, to, to uh, dad was became a staff member at Northland. We ended up going to this small little church in Kingsford, Michigan, yeah, uh, called Family Baptist Church. Still there, faithful, faithful pastor. And the church there was, I mean, it was small, brother. It was, you know, maybe the size of, of uh, this room, maybe a little bit bigger. And it was a mission. 
Amen. It was, I mean, there were broken people there. Oh, and when you guys day. showed up, you doubled their numbers probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, but like, I mean, we were having Sunday school classes in the little kitchen downstairs and, and, uh, um, you know, Sunday school classes upstairs and just, and pastor was such, had such a heart for the lost, uh, had a jail ministry. He was a, a high school football coach, you know, for his, uh, his job cause he had to have one, Yeah. but just the church there, that was such a picture of, 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 of a hospital is kind of what I thought of people that are hurt and broken coming in and being absorbed into the love of God yeah. through his people. And, um, uh, that's just, that's like immediate, um, uh, thing that comes to my mind. And, and the other part of that too is, is kind of a home. There is, uh, there's safety. Yeah. Um, uh, sanctuary <laughs> in that sense, not, not the guy that's screaming. Sanctuary, it should be a but, safe zone. Yeah. You know, if any place should be, uh, sacred and secure and safe, it should be church. Yeah. You know, and, um, there's horrible stories of, of, of on the other side of people being hurt by churches and abuse and, and, and different things like that, that, uh, there are, there are examples of, but I mean, what a twist on what God meant to be, yeah. um, the church. And that goes in with the, with marriage too, of uh, Jesus and the bride. But, um, yeah, I, I cause there are times when, uh, I just don't feel like going to church or, you know, those times when you're just like, oh, I'm a little bit too tired or something, but every t- God blesses every time I'm there, every time I'm a part of the body of Christ I'm finding that exhortation, the people mm. that encourage the people that. Man, we need that. Yeah, we really do. And, and folks, if you're missing out, and, and as Ken's talking, my mind went back to churches that we were able to help plant or the church we planted in New York. And, and just automatically in my mind, I go back to how God worked through lives. And you need that church. You need that local church. And we'd love to help you find one. If you don't know one, we'd love to help you find yeah. one. You can you can reach out to me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. You can help for Wounded Spirits and say, Doug, I live here. Help me find a church. And we'll do that uh we'll make sure and so so can we put ken on the music spot for this friday <laughs> you know friday's a kind of musical for us so we're actually going to have a few songs ken's going to do a couple uh we're going to continue on talking and we're going to close out with uh uh one of stephanie and her family's songs one of them that we wrote together and uh so today's kind of like a musical day and ken what's the first song you're thinking about today uh this one is uh he came to me um talking about being separated for Christ and uh, from Christ. And the only way is that he came to me. I couldn't, there's nothing I could do of myself. All right. <clears throat> the gulf that separated me from Christ, my Lord, was so vast a crossing I could never ford. From where I was to his demands, it seemed so far. I cried, dear Lord, I cannot come to where you are. He came to me. He came to me. 
When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. That's why he died. That's why he died on Calvary. When I could not come to where he was, he came to me. Beautiful, beautiful. He came to me as well. I still remember that. Now, Ken, that's something something we didn't talk about. So you're in a Christian family. Your folks are sold out. I mean, they're working at colleges. They're teaching people music. They're writing music. They're in church undoubtedly all the time. And how does a guy like you come to know the Lord? How did that all fit in with you? Well, um, we went to a great church. We're talking about church. Uh, My home church I grew up in was Calvary Baptist Church in Midland, Michigan. Pastor Dan Dickerson as the pastor there. He's still the pastor there. Amen. Um, and uh, I just remember, uh, you know, being in church, going up around church, and I was pretty young, uh, and it was a Wednesday night, and I don't, he wasn't preaching on heaven or hell or anything, but I was struggling. Yeah. Um, I, had, I had come to realization that I had a problem, even as a young boy, and I, I knew that there was no way that, you know, you're when you learn about death at an early age, it can sometimes be quite a shock. And I was like, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm running on thin ice. I could die at any second, you know. Yeah. And um, I remember I said, I told mom and dad, I said, I want to talk to Pastor when it's done, Pastor Dan. And uh, he came over and um, explained the gospel to me. Um, I 100% understood it. And he, you know, I said, I, I, I want to get saved. I, I, I want to do that. And Amen. I remember praying and uh, mom was well, the, the big thing back then was the wordless book. Yeah. And I love that because the colors, you know, and you could go green for growing in the Lord, you know, black for the sin and the red for the blood and, and, and white for Jesus, you know, all those things and the gold, you know, I love the gold pages all shiny. And uh, so as I was praying, mom was like pointing to different colors on her, on her shirt and, you know, oh, oh, red. Oh, yes. Thank you for the blood. And it really did. It was an awesome tool to, to understand the gospel story and how I used to me. carry one of those bad boys around in yes. my pocket. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> folks, I'll tell you, you can it, it doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter how old you are. We serve a God that's so big. He wants us to realize that he's there for us. And we have a problem. Like uh, Brother Ken was just saying, that problem is sin. The Bible says there are none righteous, no, not one. It says we all fall short of the glory of God. And so here we are, an entire world, seven and a half billion people, and every one of us have a problem. It's a sin problem. It's, uh, uh, and the Bible says, because sin has entered into this world. I mean, there's not much we can do folks. As long as there's sin in the world, there's death in the world. If there's death in the world, we still know there's sin here. And then, but here's the great news. And well, not so great news. First, you're a sinner. Second, not so great news. There's a price on sin, which is death for the wages of sin is death. But here's that great news. I promise. But God commendeth his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners before yeah. any of us were born before <laughs> any of us were thought of before any of us we live in the age of grace and uh, uh, Christ died for us and and you know all we got to do the Bible says is speak it with our mouth while believing it with our heart and the heart speaketh unto righteousness and it says a little bit later in verse 10 10 there in the book of Romans also speaks to salvation we want to talk a little bit about this we're going to head into songs go in a different direction but we're going to go ahead and, and send over to stations what we got to do and we'll be right back with you hang with us 
So we know that we're sinners and there's a price on sin, which is death. And Jesus paid that price. And we've got to pray to ask Christ to save us. And folks, if you haven't done that, man, we'd be glad to help you out with that. But it's as easy as trusting in Christ alone and his heart. He'll prompt you in your heart and he'll lead you through that. It's asking for Christ alone in believing in him alone to save you and just asking him that Christ, I know that you alone can save me. And I come to you today and ask you to do that. And, and, and uh, I ask, Lord, that you take this sin for me and save me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. And if you do that and you believe it, it's real in your heart, friends, you'll, just, you'll be just like Ken was. Uh, you'll have yeah. a victory in Jesus, whatever. And, folks, you'll be saved, and uh, you'll be able to move ahead. So we got a second song with Ken, and we're going to come back, and we're going to go down a different road. I'm not sure what song he programmed or if he changed it just then. Should I just, should I just sing it? Sing it. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. When I think of all my faults and my failures, when I consider all the times I let God down, I am humbled at the grace he has extended. I'm amazed at the mercy I have found. I could never earn his love on my own. Yet every time I come before his throne, I stand redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I stand redeemed before the great I am. When he looks at me, he sees the nail-scarred hands that bought my liberty. I stand redeemed. Wow. I can remember this. I can remember this like it was yesterday. What a beautiful song. Thank yeah. you. I, I, he's got some range with us. He can go higher. Ken can go higher. I want you to know that this is kind of a brute man. This isn't some little guy here, man. Out, out of the depths can come oh, that high Big guy with one. a high voice. But I remember this. I remember this. I remember uh, I was on the White House communications, and I remember uh, and I was part of this inaugural committee from President Bush H.W. Bush, George H.W. Bush III, the first President Bush. And uh, I can remember uh, the second President Bush at that time was the owner of the Texas uh, Rangers. And uh, I can remember him sitting on my desk, and he looked at me, and he said, I'm redeemed. Do you know what that is, Doug? I remember George W. Bush saying that to me. And i got to be honest with you, at that time, I did not know what redeemed meant. And the future President of the United States explained to me that redeemed meant that he had accepted Jesus Christ and Christ had redeemed him from all that sin, from all that craziness. And I I just stood there and, you know, you're standing next to this guy who's worth, I I guess at that time, a couple hundred million dollars. And, you know, owner of the Texas Rangers, majority owner. And, you know, I'm looking over at this guy, the president's son, and I'm seeing a guy who tears in his eyes. 
Uh, his eyes were wet and just would always come by, say hi to me, shake my hand, talk to me uh, whenever we were close to each other. And I, I remember I didn't get saved at that moment, uh, but I remember him talking about being redeemed. And that's always had a place in my heart. And, and folks, I guess the question has always got to be, are you redeemed? And uh, that was a question that the future president at that point, now our former president, George W. Bush, uh, number 43, President number 43, his dad was 41. But I, I, I remember thinking to myself, man, it's real with him. Wow. There's I, something real there. Yeah. He had tears in his eyes. He was telling <laughs> me that where he had come from. And, uh, and boy, it changed. And, and I knew so many things in my life. I remember in college, Debbie and I had a professor. And so Debbie and I took college courses together. I'm just going to come clean. Debbie's brighter than I am. And uh, <laughs> I'm taller than she is. It's about the only thing I got on her. Uh, but anyway... Um, I remember we were in college. We had a professor. His name was Tom Tullis. And Tom Tullis, was, uh, he had retired from the University of Maryland, was actually teaching for the University of Maryland European campus. We were in Europe. There was no online stuff or anything back then. Just, just to show you how old we were, I was, and Debbie was, we had to go to college the old-fashioned way. But anyway, get dressed, comb my hair, and go out there on time. But I remember he was telling us a story. He was George W. Bush's roommate for two years at Yale University. And I, I remember he was telling Debbie and I, and he said, you're not going to believe this guy. And uh, he was a guy, uh, when I was sick, that would go out and get me soup <laughs> and uh, bring me back oh. hot tea and, and worry about me and wake me up in the morning and say, are you all right? And, How uh, about that? Wow. And, uh, and, and I never forgot that. And, and that was the guy I remember uh, back there. I remember the inauguration in 93. You know, he had won the, President Clinton had won the 92 election. I was somewhere in January. I don't remember the exact day, but I remember leading up to that and all the uh, – you know, the family coming around and being near George H.W. Bush and just being an encouragement to him. You know, he had lost the election. He was getting ready to move from the White House. He had put his whole life in the CIA director, congressman, ambassador, you know, all those different things that President Bush had been, an oil tycoon, billionaire. Uh, but I, I just remember that he made a difference in my life. And that's what I want this Friday to be about. I want, you know, we need to make a difference in people's lives. We need to, uh, you know, maybe sit on the corner of a desk like uh, George W. Bush did, sit on my corner of a desk, said, how are you, Doug? Wow. You know, did I ever wow. tell you that I'm redeemed? And I mean, those types of things, you know, haven't, and, and, and you know, Ken, you had mentioned, and, and, and I know that there's millions like you. You said, I'm an introvert, and, and Ken's working in a non-introvert role or yeah and, and serving in the church and stuff so and yeah. how do you do this being uh, an introvert you so know? there's there's something about it too is that um uh introverts will act out if they're passionate about something so something else too is that in my family heritage um i think my dad wouldn't argue if i said that my dad is extremely introverted and yet yeah, he's taught his entire life if you met my dad, you'd think he's a, uh, uh, he's a pretty funny, upbeat guy and, and just like, oh, man, he's a hoot, and, you know, around uh, lots of people and stuff like that, too. But um, at the same time, he has to go recharge after all that. It takes a lot of energy for somebody yeah. like that. But when you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you feel, and that, that goes right into a calling of God for, you know, people that are pastors and ministers and teachers and singers and, and Sunday school workers and bus drivers, when you connect that passion of what God wants you to do and follow what the Lord wants you to do and to have an impact in somebody else's life, it opens up the world to you. 
and um, you can be confident. You can have that hope and that strength of mind to overcome those fears. Um, yeah. You talked about impact and like having an impact on somebody's life. I think the number one thing, at least in, from my perspective, is fear that stops us from having an impact in somebody's life is, oh man, what are they going to think of me? Or what are they going to say? What, you know, how am I going to appear to somebody else? But when you yeah. know the mission, that's what soul soul winning is about is who cares what they're going to think about me? They're going to die and go to hell unless they hear the truth. Right. And, um, uh, just, you and know, just even, having that impact. And even within our little families and circles and groups, just to, just to let people know, hey, God did this in my life, and he can do it for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And, folks, I hate to haste things, but I did promise a song for you guys from Stephanie Wesco and family. So I want to close with that. I want to go with a song that's not too long. And, uh, uh, boy, we have so many out here, and I'm just looking at these different songs. I want to go. I think I'm going to go with He Sets Me Free from our new album, God Meant It for Good. And Stephanie does such a beautiful job with this song. So, we're gonna, hey, thank you, Ken, for being with us. We're going to go ahead and close with this song. But thank you. Thank you for thank pouring you for your being, lives into yeah. us. And, uh, and, and, folks, we're going to go ahead and post Ken's card out there. When I hear this podcast, when he starts doing a podcast, I'm going to post a, a picture of his card. Make sure you get a hold of him. And, Anyway, here's a song called He Sets Me Free by Stephanie Wesco and family. Go on out there. It's on the album God Meant It for Good. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you stream your music. It's out there. So here's a song, He Sets Me Free by Stephanie Wesco and family. It was a privilege to write this. Most often when I write songs, Stephanie changes a ton of words. This is a song that she only changed one, and I'm so thankful for that because there's not a lot of them out there. But here we go. He Sets Me Free.
folks. Have a great day. We'll talk to you real soon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.